Welcome to the Supernatural Cast, a podcast dedicated to rewatching Supernatural from the CW. Hello, welcome back to the Supernatural Cast. I am Jimmy and Georgia, your host, and we are still rewatching Supernatural from the beginning. We're up to episode number three, Dead in the Water. Thank you for being along with us here today. I hope you've enjoyed. The rewatch. I'm not sure if you're actually rewatching along, if you're just listening back to these episodes, just because you're interested in hearing discussion of these first few episodes of the great Supernatural show. Uh, but either way, we hope you've enjoyed what's been going on so far. We're going to make a few changes this week. Had some input from a few listeners, and I do appreciate that. We're going to share some emails in our feedback section a little bit later on. But one of those things I do want to start off with, as far as a change... I do want to throw in some initial reactions here to the to the show, and we're going to reorder our uh, our segments a little bit as well. Uh, first up, Dead in the Water. This is the second time I noticed so far as we rewatched that Sam and Dean's plan to defeat the evil spirit was to salt and burn their bones. But thus far in the show, in episode three, they have been thwarted twice now um, because the spirit has been taken care of in some other way. In the in the pilot, the lady in white was consumed by her two evil spirit children who um, were mad at her. And in this case, the um, young boy got revenge on one of his murderers by taking him into the lake and drowning him rather than his grandson and daughter. So, creepy kid in the lake and woman in white were dealt with in other ways. But salting and burning is definitely a major theme throughout Supernatural. And that is one of those things. What's the deal with salting and burning? Okay, I know in the Supernatural universe... They use salt as a protection. They form the lines around the doors and stuff and say the dead or the evil spirits or whatever it is can't cross over at the demons. Well, okay, I don't exactly understand that. I don't know if they ever specifically explained why salt is that way. And then the idea, I get the basic idea of destroying the corpse. So I guess their theory here is if you destroy the corpse, the um, spirit is destroyed as well. But honestly, that doesn't exactly make sense to me. I, I see the logic there. But since the spirit and the body are separated, why would they? Why would that happen? I don't. I don't quite understand that. So if you have a better understanding of that, please send that in to us. I'd love to hear your thoughts or theories about the whole salting and burning idea. And then too, this episode, Dead in the Water, featured a couple of guest stars. Most notably, to me, Amy Acker. Um, I know her from Angel. She was in seventy episodes as Winifred, Fred, Burkle, and in a few episodes um, as Illyria as well. And so that's really where I know her from. I enjoyed Angel quite a bit, and that's definitely the same type of genre that Supernatural is. And so that's a fun thing to see any Buffy or Angel stars on the show. We definitely see quite a few of those over the years, a couple even coming up in this new season. She's also been in stuff like Alias. She was in Dollhouse. So she's definitely been around some geeky television shows that I enjoy. So good stuff for her. And then also the sheriff, Jake Devins, is a guy named Daniel Hugh Kelly been around Hollywood since I guess the 70s and early 80s. A couple things that I remember him from was Cujo. Uh, he was in Star Trek Insurrection uh, as one of the aliens. That was probably the worst Star Trek movie, but still he was in there. And then there was a show I really enjoyed when I was pretty young called The Hundred Lives of Black Jack Savage. 
and it was on, I think it was on NBC on Sunday nights, and I don't think it lasted but a few episodes, maybe six or seven episodes, and there was this curse to this pirate who killed all these people, and somehow his spirit was haunting this island, and this guy um, went to the island, and he owned this castle or owned some building or something, and became like the medium for the spirit of this ghost. And so the whole idea of the show would have been, I guess, 100 episodes of every week, Blackjack Savage saving a life to make up for one of the lives he took back in his day being a pirate. And, you know, granted, they didn't make it, I think, to like six or seven. So he was not able to save himself, I guess. <laughs> but I actually really did enjoy that show. And that, I guess, is another thing as far as Amy Acker being on this episode. There really aren't a lot of women featured in Supernatural on a consistent basis. We do see some female characters later on who are rather important you know, for limited times here and there, but definitely not as much as certain characters. And we're, I'm not going to mention them right now. Like I, I am going to throw in a little spoiler section, I guess, at some point during this episode, but there's definitely other characters we're introduced as we go along that I really like. Uh, my favorite character isn't introduced, I think, until like season four, I think it is. But um, anyway, we're going to uh, move on into our recap. We're going to move the recap up to the top part of the show here. And then we're going to jump in there and try to talk about that a little bit as we go and not just do the recap. It actually includes some, some thoughts about it as well. Supernatural Recap. All right, well, we start the show off and we have a family, the daughter and the dad and the son. And the daughter goes out for a swim. Very reminiscent of Jaws here. It seems like something is watching her in the water. It seems like we hear some whispers. Kind of reminded me of Lost. And then something in the water drags her down and drowns her. The water definitely can be a scary place. And I definitely think that they did a good job of kind of making that creepy. Oh no, someone's watching me. What's going on? It kind of almost reminded me, I know I mentioned Jaws. It almost reminded me of a scene maybe out of... Uh, a Friday the 13th movie where, oh no, is Jason in the leg? Is he going to come up from behind and kill someone? So it was definitely a, you know, one of those kind of, okay, what's going to happen here? We know it's not going to be bad moment, especially because it starts the episode. Pretty much every week, whatever starts the episode is not so good. All right, well, we see soon that Sam and Dean are looking for her cases. And Dean finds Sophie Carlton's death, and he circles it in the newspaper, finds out this was the third drowning victim this year they couldn't find a body for. And uh, But Sam's kind of upset. He wants to find their dad, and he gets kind of frustrated with the idea of going out and hunting things. But Dean wants to kill every bad thing on the way to finding their dad. So we do hear a little rat. They get old round and round while they're driving away. <laughs> when they get to the Carlton home, Dean introduces them as Agent Ford and Agent Hamill. Of course, that would be Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, uh, which is one of the things I've heard Eric Kripke kind of said that was kind of his idea behind these two characters was that Dean was kind of a Han Solo or Han. Is it Han or Han? Han Solo? Han Solo. And and Sam is a Luke Skywalker figure, the innocent type. So I, I don't know if I mentioned that in the first two episodes. I've, I've, I know I've read that, and so I'll share that here. But anyway, they're posing as wildlife service officials. They talk to um, Sophie's brother, but he doesn't let them talk to her dad. And basically he says that she's a really good swimmer. She's on the swim team. Something did this to her. Um, they didn't see any tracks. They didn't see any shadows. But we do see the Mr. Carlton, the, the dad, sitting on the dock because he's been through a lot, apparently. We are introduced to Sheriff Jake Devins, and he doesn't understand why wildlife people are interested here. 
But he says there's nothing in that lake big enough to drown her or drag her down or eat her. <laughs> he even kind of jokingly says, not unless it's a Loch Ness Monster. The sheriff also says that within six months, the spillway's been open and the lake is going to be pretty much gone. And I guess that the town is based on tourism to the lake, and so the town's going to kind of go away as well to some degree. We meet Andrea, Amy Acker's character, the sheriff's daughter, and her son Lucas, who doesn't speak. She points him to Lakefront Motel. Actually leads the way because Dean was trying to pick her up and didn't do a very good job. And Dean can't name three kids he knows, so that's an interesting fun fact. As they research what's going on here, they find out that six others have drowned over the last 35 years. But apparently the pace is picking up. They do theorize about lake monsters a little bit, but there's been no eyewitnesses for such things. They do mention Loch Ness and Lake Champlain. And they find out that Andrea's husband, Chris Barr, was one of the victims and that Lucas actually witnessed his death. And this thing this is one of those little moments. It probably has nothing to do with it. Maybe it does. Lucas's condition completely reminds me of the young boy from Scrooged, the Bill Murray comedy. I think it was from 87 or 88. Another thing from when I was fairly young that I really enjoy. Bill Murray's character is um, Alexander Cross. He's the leader of IBC uh, Television Network. His the secretary Grace's son actually saw her husband, his dad, get murdered. And so ever since that point, he's never spoke again. And he doesn't speak until, spoiler alert, the end of the movie when Bill Murray gets his Christmas spirit back. And uh, he says, God bless us, everyone. And so <laughs> that just totally reminds me of that. But anyway, may I have anything to do with that? Andrea actually mentions um, Jerry Maguire here, another pop culture reference. And Dean does try to go talk to Lucas, and we see several green army men. And I guess like most boys of his generation, Dean says he used to love those things. You know, those little things in life are important sometimes. Um, Lucas draws with his crayons. It reminds me of the kid in the ring. If you remember him, he used to just draw circles. And actually later on, he is just drawing circles. I feel like they've brought in a lot of references to stuff, or maybe not. I, I don't know how their creative process works. Maybe this is all their own new idea. It just happens to parallel someone else's idea. I, I don't know how that goes. But we do hear the theory that the kid is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And Lucas does give Dean a picture of a house with a lawn in front of it, which is kind of nice of him. The son is making dinner for Mr. Carlton, and something's happening in the sink. We're doing the faucet turns brown. Bubbling water starts coming up out of the drain instead of going down. And then we hear those whispers again. He reaches in, he pulls out the plug... And then the second time he, he puts his hand down there, he gets pulled down and is drowned by this unseen force. And we hear these whispers until the um, guy's dead and the water goes back out of the drain. We rule out Nessie in the next part of the show. And uh, Dean has another theory. What about a water wraith or some kind of demon? And their new theory is the body count's going up because time's running out on that lake. So they obviously think there's some connection to Mr. Carlton. They go to pay him a visit. He doesn't want to talk to him. He doesn't care because having his children taken away is worse than dying. And then they realize that Lucas's drawing was of Mr. Carlton's house, which is pretty cute. And then Andrea doesn't want Dean to talk to her son again about what happened to his dad. We see those green army men and crayons again. And Dean is very honest with Lucas, probably the honest he is with almost probably anyone on the show about just who he is. He even has never told Sam some of the stuff he said to Lucas. And Lucas does give Dean another picture. And they begin to think he must be having some sort of premonition or some kind of psychic tendency brought on by these traumatic events. And it's a picture of a, a church and a house. And they are able to 
kind of track down the church and they're able to find the house. And uh, they even go and talk to the lady in the home and ask if there was a little boy there with a blue ball cap and a red bike. And the old lady says he's been gone for 35 years. The amount of time of these drownings have been occurring. Hmm. And the, there we see more of the army men. And she says losing him was worse than dying. That sounded familiar. Basically said he was supposed to come home from school. He never made it. And we do see a Green Bay Packers sticker was another reference there to pop culture things. And then we see a picture of Peter Sweeney and Billy Carlton, the dead man walking, <laughs> out at the lake. So Mr. Carlton talks with Peter on the dock of the lake, and he says he knows what he wants. But Sam and Eve try to figure out what's going on. Did he kill him? Is this some kind of vengeful spirit, we assume? Sam and Dean arrive at Bill's house to realize um, that he's been flipped over in his boat and then disappears. Andrea and Lucas are at the sheriff's office. Sam and Dean are there again. She's already found out about Bill. Lucas goes to hold on tight to Dean, doesn't want to let go, doesn't want to go home, apparently. The sheriff says that he swept this lake. There's nothing there. It's impossible what they're talking about, and he knows they're not from the wildlife service. He basically gives them the option to um, leave town or go to jail. They take the option to leave. We see those army men once again, and what reminded me of the ring drawing, the little circles, um, just before Andrea puts him down to bed. Dean doesn't want to leave because he's concerned about Lucas. Andrea starts to prepare a bath. Sam thinks Carlton is dead. Everything should be resolved. But Dean is still concerned because Lucas was very scared. Andrea leaves the water running, which I think is pretty strange since her tub is about to overflow. She has her eyes closed so she doesn't see the evil spirit water come into the tub until it starts making a splash. She tries to escape this dark, weird water, but she's pulled back in and goes in and under and comes out and under several times. Lucas starts knocking on the door of the bathroom we hear those whispers yet again. Dean and Sam come to the house. They found Lucas. He leads him up to the bathroom. Dean kicks in the door, and Sam is able to pull Andrea out of the tub before she drowns. Andrea talks to Sam while Dean looks for clues. Andrea thinks she's going crazy and says that she heard a voice saying, Come play with me. Dean finds a scrapbook of Jake, 12 years old. Dean asks Andrea to look through the pictures to see if she recognizes anyone, and she recognizes her dad. And Lucas leads them to the kid's bike that's buried in a shallow hole, having another psychic connection. And then the sheriff finds them, and Dean says, You can't bury the truth, nothing stays buried, which is another pretty important statement here in the show. Sam and Dean tell the sheriff about their vengeful spirit and how it will take Andrea and Lucas and finally him. The sheriff admits to actually killing Peter. They always bullied him, and it got rough, and they held him under too long. He died. They let the body go, and it sank down. He thinks the idea of a ghost being involved in all this is irrational. And then we see Lucas is out on the dock. The creepy kid comes up, grabs him. Looks kind of like the grudge again. Another one of those things. Looks like the grudge. Pulls him in. Sam and Dean dive in looking for Lucas. Jake takes one for the team. He apologizes and asks Peter to take him instead. The spirit drags him down. Dean finds Lucas and resurfaces. Sam and Dean prepare to leave. Dean is down because the sheriff died. You know, they couldn't save him. Andrea and Lucas made them lunch, and Lucas is talking, which is cool. She's very thankful uh, for them saving her son, and she's holding on to her dad's love. And Dean tell, teaches Lucas to say Zeppelin rules. Andrea gives him a kiss because Dean is the latest man. Yeah, he is the latest man. And then it's time to move on out of town to the next adventure. And that was our recap for Dead in the Water. Supernatural 5, we'll count down the top five pivotal moments of this week's episode. All right, we've got our top five moments of the show to get into here. 
Number five on my list is Lucas has a psychic connection to the murdered boy in the lake and plays with army men and draws. I think the idea here really is that the army men and the drawing are a connection to Peter because we did see those army men in Peter's house. But definitely, if you're familiar with the entire history of the show of Supernatural, those little green army men are pretty important. So I think that's just an interesting thing we see here in episode three. Just something cool to, to think about if you haven't noticed that before. Um, and I definitely didn't pay attention to it really the first time other than, oh, the little boy played with those. Okay, cool. But I uh, definitely think that's really cool. And the fact that the kid had psychic connection is kind of interesting. Um, we definitely see more of that later on the show as well. And so, interesting stuff. All right, number four. Sam and Dean learned that Mr. Carlton likely killed Peter 35 years ago, starting the mysterious disappearances. And that was really when they had their first real clue to what was going on when they went to the boy's house and found the picture of Mr. Carlton and Peter back in the day. And that's you know, right before he gets killed in the lake. And so that was definitely one of those things. And Sam thought this, this, the deal was over. They thought the case was solved. You know, case closed. Number three point that Dean connects with Lucas and leads them to saving Andrew's life and finding the bike and the truth. And uh, Dean's connection to the little boy saves some lives here, which I definitely think is cool. We see Dean being that father figure, having that connection to this kid, even though he couldn't even name three kids that he knew. I uh, definitely think that's pretty awesome to see, and I definitely think we see some more of that from Dean later on, too, which I think is was really cool. All right, well, number two. Jake sacrifices himself to save his daughter and grandson. Jake... Um, probably for the most part has been a pretty good guy his, his life. I mean, I don't know. He's probably a law abiding citizen. He's probably done lots of good things. Probably helped lots of people out there in his law enforcement capacity. He's raised a daughter and loves her, loves his grandkid, but he was a murderer as a kid. And even if it was an accident, he created this vengeful spirit and he sacrificed himself to, um, to the spirit to save his daughter and his grandson. And that's, I mean, he definitely was showing love for his family by doing that. He could have, you know, saw what was going on and took off and tried to save himself, um, but he didn't. He tried. He tried to save his his family, which is pretty respectable considering he, you know, killed a little kid years and years ago. So, thought that was a pretty good point in the episode. Definitely resolved the issue. And then I think the number one point in the episode is this: Sam is upset that they're getting distracted from looking for their dad. Dean is ready to kill every bad thing along the way, and I think that does continue setting up the rest of the season. They don't know where their dad is. They don't have any real leads. don't have any real thing to follow up on. And so Dean just wants to look for bad things going on and go try to help people save them and kill these bad things until they can find out something that's going to lead them to their dad. And um, I like Dean's idea. And I definitely think we see Sam's obsession here. We see Sam's anger because he, he still wants to get revenge um, for his girlfriend and for his mom. And like a couple episodes back, back in episode two, um, he said that's all he could think about was, you know, killing this thing so i definitely think there's some, there's some things there with sam where we see his character developing into later on even though right now he seems like the nice innocent guy he does have those tendencies of you know these grudges and these anger and and all those things is kind of like leading him to the dark side just like in star wars holding on to these things holding on to this bitterness and anger is going to lead him to the dark side which kind of does but again, don't want to spoil you too much if you don't know um, about all that already. But we're going to go into a slight little spoiler section. I don't think we're going to talk too terribly long here. But in this small spoiler section, I'll maybe talk about a few things that might do make some connections to the future episodes. So if you haven't seen the future episodes and you were literally watching Supernatural for the first time, maybe you want to skip ahead, I think. 
perhaps. And we do have the chapter feature here. There's a AC format. So you can just click next and it'll take you over on over to the supernatural travel log. Or if not, you can listen in and we can discuss a few things about how this can kind of connect to some of those other things in the future of the show. All right, well, one thing, future connecting wise, Dean does make this connection with Lucas and Andrea. And we see his relationship with Lisa and her son Ben and how he actually turns out to be a pretty good dad figure, husband type. Um, or boyfriend, whatever he was there for that one year, he actually was with them. And I definitely think that this small glimpse of that side of Dean kind of foreshadows that a little bit. I know for the most part of the show, Dean is more or less a womanizer who's going from one lady to the next, from one town to the next, and is is different for him to settle down and uh, get out of the game. And it doesn't last, as we all know. And then eventually... Um, Lisa's memory even gets wiped clean of the whole shebang, which is kind of sad in a lot of ways, but, you know, Dean had to to move on from there to try to protect her. I guess it was his point, but that was just kind of a weird situation. But anyway, he's pretty good at being a family man. Too bad his past comes back to haunt him. And then, well, I guess one of those random things we'll mention real quickly is that the fact he came out of retirement because some gin um, were after him, and they just happened to be bought by his resurrected brother and grandfather, which is... Strange indeed. We also learn in season six that hunters never worked the same town twice. Because I honestly, some of these things, are like, well, you know, made a good connection there with Andrea and her son Lucas. Maybe they'll come back to visit. Maybe they would blah, blah, blah. No, they don't. That's against the rules, and they can't do it. And we see why when Sam goes back in season six, not remembering what he had done with uh, his soulless self, which is a whole other thing to talk about when Sam was soulless. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep that for another day. And then we do continue with the whole idea of the salting and burning as a way to kill spirits. But then we even later on learn that it would work on demons, too, as long as you get their actual remains. And in that one case, it was not the actual remains of Crowley that Castiel burned. It was something else. And so kind of pulled a fast one on the boys, which didn't make them too happy. But again, that could lead to a whole other discussion about Crowley and Castiel and all that kind of stuff. But we're going we're gonna to hold off on all that for later. And uh, definitely look forward to talking about those things because that's some of my favorite stuff when Castiel comes along. Like I said earlier, my favorite character didn't come along for a while, and he's he's my favorite. So anyway, we're going to move on into the next segment of the show, and that is the Supernatural Travelogue. It's time for the Supernatural Travelogue. All right, well, this week they were in another fictional location. They were in the fictional, fictitious, I guess. The fictitious Lake Maintock, Wisconsin. And Wisconsin is home of a thousand lakes, just not this particular one. And uh, there, I did find there was a Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Not a Maintock, Wisconsin. But anyway, fictional location, small town, lake. That's pretty much all they needed. And in this particular case, they were supposed to be up in Wisconsin. And that's going to be a really, really short supernatural travel log for this week. And we're going to move into our next section of the show, which is the folklore and mythology. This week in folklore and mythology. Okay, well, one of the main things they talked about early on in the show were lake monsters. They mentioned a couple. There are others. Um, the two they mentioned were the lake monsters at Loch Ness and Lake Champlain, as you probably well, well aware, for hundreds of years over in Loch Ness in Scotland. People have been sighting something. They've taken photos, videos, all sorts of stuff. 
but nothing really ever concrete. There's been expeditions done to try to find something. They've never been able to officially, scientifically. Um, same thing kind of goes for Lake Champlain. Not quite as long of a history, but similar um, in sightings and videos and pictures and eyewitnesses. There's something in these lakes that make people see something or there is something in these lakes. That's kind of your two options, I guess. But either way, people are seeing something. I can't prove it scientifically. And I guess it seems like in the world of supernatural, those are real beings, whereas some things aren't. Um, we've learned two things that aren't real that I don't know of um, as we move through the show. But I guess I'll hold off talking about that until later. One other thing I do mention briefly in the show besides a vengeful spirit, because we already talked about that, is a water wraith. And I found out wraith in my research was just basically a Scottish word for ghost. So that's just kind of one of those generic terms. The uh, the fact that J.R.R. Tolkien used the word wraith in his Lord of the Rings novels, a ring wraith, kind of, I guess, maybe gave it a new life of its own. But it's just a word for ghost. And so the idea of a water wraith would be a spirit in the water who would either mimic a person or a figure of a person and would try to lure people out into the water to be drowned. And so that was a good theory, just not the one in you know this particular case here on Supernatural. And that's going to wrap up this particular segment of the show. We're going to hit that music and we're going to the next one. Driver picks the music. All right, well, typically this would be the point where we would talk about supernatural and pop culture. So I honestly feel like I've already done that within the recap. I mean, I could go in there and talk more about Jaws, The Grudge, The Ring, um, a few of those other references like Jerry Maguire. But I think those are pretty commonplace. I think you probably know what those are. So since we've already mentioned the pop culture references, we're going to go into the next segment of the show, which hopefully you'll like. And that is, as you've the music announced, Driver Picks the Music. There was a couple of these that were a little odd to me, or I don't know if it's odd is a good word, but I didn't know them. Um, I do have the Supernatural Official Companion Season 1, which lists the four tracks that were featured in this particular episode, two of which I had no clue about. The first one is listed as Black Toast Music, What a Way to Go. And I found out Black Toast Music basically provides music for TV and movies. It's an independent um, artist, I guess. Um, it has a different people who license to that particular company. And they do in all sorts of things for ads and video games and stuff. And that particular artist in this case was Jesse Turnbow for the What a Way to Go. And he has some other songs out there. But it's hard to find any information about him or Black Toast Music. I was able to find the official Black Toast Music website. Got a little information from there, but it wasn't exactly easy <laughs> to do. All right, next up on the list is Rat with Round and Round. This is one of those classic 80s songs from Rat, one of those hair bands from back in the day. And uh, this is one of those things I had as a kid in the 80s. Like I mentioned before, my brother was older than me. And so as a kid in the 80s at like seven, eight years old, <laughs> I had rat tapes and Bon Jovi tapes and whoever, whatever was popular at that time that my brother liked, um, I had. And then the stuff that was popular that my brother didn't like, he would make fun of me if I tried to listen to it, say like Michael Jackson or something. So anyway, yes, yeah, so I had the round and round on cassette tape <laughs> and I'll Probably my favorite rat song now that I think about it. And uh, it was popular. It's been on a couple, you know, billboard lists or top 80 songs or top, you know, rock songs or whatever from VH1 and stuff like that. So definitely a fun 80s song. And this is this next one's another one of those I really wasn't real familiar with. I've heard of this artist, Billy Squire. Not really familiar with his work. He had the song in this episode featured called Two Days with a Z Gone. 
And that was off his second album that came out in 1981, which is apparently probably his most successful album. But then again, I just wasn't really familiar with him. And uh, by the way, the name of that album was Don't Say No. All right, lastly, but definitely not least, um, we have Bad Company with Moving On. And Bad Company is another one of those bands that my brother was a big fan of, so I definitely was somewhat familiar with them as a fairly small child. <laughs> and uh, yes, they were here featured in the, the end of the episode with the song Moving On. This was recorded back in 1973, and this was a number one album for them for a while back in the day. Sold lots and lots of copies. One of the best-selling albums of the 70s, even. And so Bad Company, definitely another one of those classic um, rock bands that people still enjoy today, which is definitely the litmus test of what's a good music. It, I, could, I really do think so. It's not good music if you're not going to enjoy it 10, 15, 20 years from now. Same thing goes for entertainment. If a movie or a television show, if I can't go back and watch it now, and I liked it 10 years ago, problem, you know, chances are, yeah, I change, I'm mature, whatever, my taste change, but chances are it's probably not the quality that we might have thought it was once upon a time. There's a lot of the shows and things I grew up liking that I go back and see now how cheesy they are and uh, don't really care for them anymore. So I try to avoid a lot of those shows that I have fond memories of just so I won't <laughs> come away with a bad memory of them now. But anyway, we're going to move on into our next segment, which is going to be hefty this week, and that is the feedback section. Supernatural Cast Feedback. And I've got three emails we're going to get into. Um, one thing from Facebook. And we're going to start there because that's definitely the shortest of the three. Shannon on Facebook said, New fan from Nerdcast. We are a new podcast starting up too. And just recently started watching Supernatural from season one as well. And I'm up to the fourth season within a couple weeks now. I agree with you. I love doing marathons of it as opposed to waiting a week. Can't wait for more episodes of the podcast. And so you can check Shannon out over there at Nerdcast on Facebook, and it is spelled N3RDC, the at symbol ST, if you want to do that. And uh, last I looked, they had a couple episodes up and running. Check them out. I thought that was cool for her to, to mention something about us on Facebook. And again, we are on Facebook, and we have a whopping five people who have found us over there so far. So if you're on Facebook and you want to check out the podcast information there, please do. You can find us there. Just search for Supernatural Cast, and we'll we'll be there. All right, we have a couple emails to get into, which are the reason I mentioned earlier in the show that I made some changes this week, and I hopefully they're for the better. The first one was from Dan. Dan says, congratulations on your new podcast, sir. I, too, have found many of the active Supernatural podcasts lacking, and I look forward to seeing what your brand of podcasting will bring to the show. Though you have chosen some interesting sections to focus on, your reaction to the episode appear to be absent other than the Supernatural 5. Another area that seems to be underdeveloped are the guest stars in the episodes. While not all episodes contain a notable guest star, such as Sarah Shahi in the pilot, Callum Keith Rennie in Wendigo, and Amy Acker in the water, deserves some note. That aside, it's good to see someone taking on a Supernatural rewatch podcast. Regards, Dan. All right, Dan, thank you again for emailing in to the show. I do appreciate the the information. I appreciate the, the help. Um, I definitely need those uh, suggestions, those things, you know, what are we missing? I know I don't have it all figured out, and so um, I tried to do that this week a little bit more of introducing the episode, talking about those guest stars. I think that's a great idea, Dan. And then um, did try to throw in some more reactions to the show in the recap and cut out some of the details in the recap and try to throw in a little more reactions there. So hopefully that'll be to your liking, sir. And then we also have something fairly similar from um, a couple emails from Michelle. 
Actually, we had three, but we're going to save the third for next week's episode. The uh, the first one is pretty lengthy, um, and I think we'll, we'll share it. All right, which is, hello, your first episode got me so excited. Within the first five minutes, I had to start writing you an email before I had even an email address to send this to. I started Supernatural back in mid-May this year, and I watched through all of season six in just a month. But now this month, this week really, um, did I seek out podcast. You're right, there are a precious few out there that seem to have very to be very quality or touch on the things that I'm interested in hearing about and talking about. I like the idea you won't speak of the future episodes as you go, but as you get more into the show and things start relating to later storylines, that aspect might get more difficult. However, I'm so excited to see how this goes. Lost. Yes, this show was also the last time I have ever been so excited about a TV. I watched Lost in real time from the beginning. It made the mystery and character development seem so grand. Having Marathon Supernatural seasons one through six in a month, now watching season seven in real time is such a new experience, but one that I'm so far I am loving. I wish I'd have been a part of the Supernatural fandom prior to now. I feel like I've missed out on a lot of detail because I literally would watch this show back to back to back, <laughs> three or four or five episodes a day. Now with seven days to digest the new episodes and try to think where the story might be going, but it all makes me sad that I just missed out on that, especially around seasons three to five. In fact, I adore this show so much that I've been rewatching all the seasons repeatedly, I'm a bit ashamed to say, since June, and I think I've seen them all at least five or six times now. But I digress. She goes on um, and starts back the email and says, I love the different segments in the podcast. Great stuff and good ideas for some, for some new approaches to depreciating the show. My suggestion might be to do a recap slash favorite moment stuff up front, then after the episode discussion, go into the detail of the monsters, locations, and music, etc. Um, it'd make a little more sense that way, at least to me. And best best way to end it all, question mark? Dean quote of the week, which I love the idea, by the way. I'm also from the same generation as Dean, and I have to agree with you, while I know who Steve McQueen is, I've never seen in a film of his. Dean taste, I think, were definitely formed from his father's influence, though the music is mostly classic in nature, and a lot of what I'm already a fan of. This, as well as being an older sibling, makes Dean the brother I most identify with, but I love both the brothers. Jensen and Jared are great at what they do, and in my opinion, it took most of season one for Jared to find the right groove portraying Sam. I love that you use actual sound bites from the music from the episode. Starting the show with Carry On, um, Wayward Son, perfect. It all sounds really, really great. This is a very professional sounding podcast, and you have an easy voice to listen to. <laughs> Regarding the recap section, it was a little long, draggy. There was so much detail of what happened on screen, not enough discussion and speculation about things off screen or hidden meanings. Maybe because it's the pilot, so this stuff can get hard to dig out right away. This brings me back to the debate of not talking about the future episodes, even though the answers to a lot of questions inform certain events from the first season. Now that I've listened to an episode, I feel it might be beneficial to dis for discussion purposes to do a spoiler section after the main episode discussion, having a place to talk about the, f the first seeds of the, the overall myth arc that get planted here in season one would be really nice. I'd also love to hear your thoughts on Jared and Jensen's performances as Sam and Dean and how the brother's relationship is featured on the show over time. Honestly, the reason I stuck with the show was for the brother relationship. See my note above about being an older sibling. The monster stuff is fun, and the mythos that is built over time is interesting, but the family dynamic is what keeps me watching, even now. Outside of the universe they live in, Sam and Dean's relationship is one of the most realistic and honest portrayals of brothers I've seen on screen. All right, um, and she goes on to say, I look forward to your future podcast and reactions about the whole show. If you do have time, I think it'd be great to treat 
Um, it'd be a real treat to get your reactions on the seventh season in tandem to your podcast about the early seasons. I think there are a lot of things that could be discussed in both podcasts, specifically how the arc of one through five went and the reinvention or, or was it hard to say for sure in season six. I would admittedly say that it's the weakest season of them all. Honestly, I have so much to say about the show that I could keep going. I'll save my list of favorite episodes for later. LOL. But the email is long enough. Um, that being said, cookies, if you've made it this far, cheers and thanks, Michelle. And that is a long email, but hey, I appreciate you taking the time to write it, Michelle. Definitely appreciate your feedback. And I definitely think you have some good ideas, um, which along with Dan, I've kind of reconfigured some things around, which I do think helps make the structure of the show a little better. And so I definitely appreciate your, your taking the time to do that. And we have another episode, another episode, another um, feedback information here from Michelle. We'll go ahead and jump into you as well. She says, hi, Jimmy, I'm back with another email. Like I threatened your two inaugural episodes got me through the long afternoon of work. So thanks. I had to laugh at your opening of the location segment. I'm a Colorado native. And my first thought when the episode started and Dean said they were just outside Grand Junction was that is not what the area around Grand Junction looks like. The Winchesters have returned to Colorado a few times over the years, notably to Monument in Season three's Justin Bellow, which is a real town only seven miles from where my parents live, and it makes me happy. <laughs> I do love my home state. It's interesting how they constantly alternate real locations versus made-up locations. It makes me wonder why, how they decide one way or the other. In this episode, Wendingo, while I like it overall, drives me a little crazy when it's obvious lack of fact-checking. As soon as I said I'm a Colorado native... But I'm also a wildlife biologist. <laughs> so in the beginning, when they talk about grizzly bears, I wanted to scream at the TV. The last confirmed grizzly sighting in Colorado was in the 1970s, maybe late 60s, when one was killed. None have been seen since, and there's no way a ranger would talk about them like they're still around. If they'd had to use a grizzly in a storyline, they should have said it in western Wyoming or Montana, where the grizzly bears still are in the wild. I'm probably taking this a little too seriously, but it's my life. Maybe this is why they made up a fictional Colorado location because there's no real grizzly bears. Anyway, I'm letting go now. Also, while I'm a graduate of CSU in Fort Collins, I have also made note that the university in Boulder is not referred to as UC Boulder. It's CU Boulder. I know it's spoken of as University of Colorado, so the abbreviation makes sense, but that's not how it's referred to locally, and nothing screams, I'm lying, like getting that wrong. These really are just little nitpicks, but seeing how they are referencing a real school would drove me crazy. They, I mean the writers, seem that they get much better about their fact-checking as the season series goes on. So that's good. Good episode again. The recap was shorter, yet just enough detail to remind me of key points. You mentioned at the end of the show the idea of doing more than one episode per podcast, and that could work well, especially when there are two-parters or obviously story connections between two episodes. Certainly, with something like 130 episodes and counting, you've made quite the commitment to podcast them all. Did you notice that one of the campers... The start of the episode is Corey Monthian, who is currently plays Finn on Glee. I didn't notice that. I don't watch Glee, so no, I didn't. I laughed when I saw that. Actually, um, have you considered doing a segment about guest stars? Not all of them, obviously, but those are several over the years that are quite notable that might preserve some chatter. Actors who plays Missouri Mosley, Frederick Lane, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and of course, most recently, Mark Shepard, Mark Pellegrino, and Julian Richings, etc. Mark Pellegrino is definitely probably my favorite guest star. Um, loved him. Uh, I thought his role here was better than the one on Lost because he didn't get to do a whole lot on the one on Lost as Jacob. Anyway, um, it's also sad to note that ACDC is not a part of the iTunes catalog and certainly key Def Leppard song Rock of Ages is also not on iTunes. I was happy to buy full al albums and hard copy to get the songs I didn't already have, but an interesting to note. 
Hopefully I won't continue to spam your inbox with long messages about the show. You're doing a great job and you're organized, which is very much appreciated. I listened to a few episodes of another podcast, one of a few that I find that is still doing episodes. And she mentions which one it is, but I won't do that. And while the hosts have some good things to say, it's hard to listen to at times. The audio is terrible and there's no structure or organization to the show. So keep doing what you're doing. I'll definitely continue to tune in. Cheers, Michelle. And that was a long message, but again, I definitely appreciate your time and definitely your insights into the Colorado area, or Colorado. Um, and I think that's another one of those things when I was out there in Grand Junction, people, locals would pronounce it Colorado, I think it was, and then people, other places would say Colorado, um, <laughs> or something like that. But anyway, they, uh, they're definitely not in Grand Junction, and I, I like your point, I had no clue there were no grizzly bears there, so that's a good information to have, and, and those little things, like about the university in Boulder, um, would not have known that otherwise, so it would be awesome if people from all over, well actually, listen, that would be great, first of all, but Second of all, people from all over listened to the show and actually were able to submit little things like that. Well, this da da da, this doesn't work there, and this they don't say it like that here. Um, like one of those things for me, I watch and do a podcast about Falling Skies on TNT. Well, no one in Falling Skies has a Boston accent. They're supposed to be in Boston. Like no one's gonna pack your car in Boston yet. I mean, no one talks like that. You uh I mean, why don't they? <laughs> I don't I don't really understand why someone doesn't. There really should be some guy who's wearing a Red Sox hat, something, but there isn't. So anyway, <laughs> all right, that's going to wrap up our extra long, supersized, supernatural feedback <laughs> for this week. And we're going to just about be ready to wrap up the show. I'm going to go ahead and tell you how to contact us. And then we're going to end the show um, the way Michelle had suggested, which I kind of like. We're going to end the show with the Dean Quote of the Week and then our little outro music. But first, we do want to tell you how you can get in contact with us here at the Supernatural Cast. All right, there's all sorts of ways you can get in contact with us. Um, first of all, I guess you can go over to SupernaturalCast.com. That's our website. And there you could um, comment on our post there. You could also there has pretty much all our information where you can how to get in contact with us. You can find our email, our Twitter information, our Facebook information, Google Plus information, anything you can think of. But if you're not on the website, you can also call us at 203 203- 74 super that's 203-747-8737 you can email us at mail at supernaturalcast.com you can find us on twitter and i've mentioned this before i know it's a little lame it's supernatural with no l so supernatural cast on twitter you can find us on facebook or google plus you just search for supernatural cast and we'll show up there you can subscribe in itunes it'd be a great place for you to leave some reviews like a couple of people actually did, which I was surprised about. I didn't even think to check, and I checked one day, and I saw that. And I was like, wow, that's very cool. And um, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and throw this here. Technically, it just should have been in my uh, feedback section. But I, the first one was by um, a user named Hunter Winchester. Five-star review. Thanks so much. Looking for a good time? Well, you got it. Supernatural Cast is one great podcast out there, so give this guy a chance, and he will blow you away. Well, thanks so much for that positive review there, Hunter. And uh, hopefully people will agree with you. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And then also we have one from Dense Clouds, I believe is how you would pronounce that. It's another five-star review, and it just is good stuff. And so thanks so much for that. And, and then I left one myself that this is. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Supernatural is a great show from the CW and having fun talking about it. I hope you enjoy. I'd love your feedback. And so typically when I start a new podcast, I'm the first one to leave a review. I hadn't even thought about it, and I find from almost a month ago i was like yay good stuff awesome all right well i think i've shared all the ways in which you can contact us 
and we would definitely love for you to do that. You can send us an email like Michelle and Dan did. I'd love for you to call in, leave your voicemail about one of the episodes. Or, like I said, Twitter messages, whatever. It'd be awesome. I do want to thank everyone on Twitter who's given us some, some follow Fridays and stuff like that. I definitely appreciate that, too. All right, we're going to wrap up the show. And uh, we're going to play out the show with the Dean Quote of the Week. And we'll see you next time on the Supernatural Cast. I'm Jimmy and Georgia. Peace out. It's time for the Dean Quote of the Week. You know what? I'm sick of this attitude. You don't think I want to find out as much as you do? Yeah, I know you do. It's I'm the one that's that... been with them every single day for the past two years while you've been off to college going to pep rallies. We will find Dad. But until then, we're going to kill everything bad between here and there. Okay? Between